on, come on. Good morning, everybody. How you doing today? Oh, good. I hope you came ready to praise the Lord. Uh, we got some uh, still filtering in here, but let's stand if you would. And uh, we're going to worship the Lord this morning, amen, because he is worthy of our praise. Amen. Here we go. Your grace is enough.
how a Savior came from glory. Amen. Let's sing it together. to greet one another. Everybody put a smile on your face if you would, if you've been saved. If you hadn't been saved, we can take care of that today. Turn around, tell somebody you're glad to see them this morning, all right?
it's good to see all of you this morning. If you would, you can find your place and uh, go ahead and have a seat. We've got a few announcements going on, and I want to make sure that everybody's uh, aware of everything going on, all right? All right, let's start uh, today. If you are a first-time guest, we don't want to embarrass you, but we would like a record of your visit, and so we have a visitor's card to give you to fill out. Anybody visitor for the first time today? Awesome. Thank y'all. Brother Gary's got a card for y'all. He's going to bring it to you. If you would, fill that out when you, uh, and then put it in the offering basket on your way out. We're so glad that you're here today. All right, just a few announcements uh, this morning. Um, let's see. Don't forget about Wednesday morning Bible study. We have a, a Wednesday morning Bible study every Sunday morning, or Wednesday morning from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. And then Wednesday night, we have a full scope of things going on here. I want to tell you, this last Wednesday night, it was packed in here. Uh, Miss Cindy had tons of kids in the middle there. We had a great group of youth out here and had a great group of adults in there. And so you're missing out if you're not coming on Wednesday night. Come, uh, we have a free dinner at 6 p.m. And then also uh, after that at 7 o'clock, we split up. The youth are in here. The kids are in the middle, and uh, the adults are in the fellowship hall. Uh, so please come on Wednesday night, and uh, it's exciting what's going on on Wednesday nights. And then don't forget, uh, 10 a.m. on Sundays, we have Sunday school. If you're not coming to that, come on to that. We've got Sunday school for all ages. And then we are going to start a life recovery class. It starts next Sunday. Brother Tracy Cantlin, give him a big hand. He's going to be teaching it. And we've got the books for you. If you can't afford the books, don't worry about it. The books are like $6. But if you can't afford it, nothing's going to keep you from doing this if you need to do it, all right? So uh, it's uh, called life recovery class. It's for any uh, hurt, hurt, habit, hang-up, any kind of addiction, uh, if you've got anger issues, if maybe you just need to become a better you, which I think probably that fits everybody in here, uh, you can, everybody can benefit from it. So uh, I think we're going to meet on Sunday afternoons. You and I had talked about maybe doing it like right after lunch, uh, so I think we're going to try to start at 2, is that right? 2 o'clock on Sunday afternoons, that'll give you time to go get some lunch and then come on back and we'll have the class here in one of the classrooms. Uh, so uh, that's, that'll start next Sunday afternoon, okay? So and if you're interested or know somebody who's interested, see Tracy or see myself, okay? And then Cleaning for Christ, we have a cleaning crew that helps uh, uh, clean the church so that we don't have to pay somebody to do that. And we're still in need of a, a couple of volunteers. It literally only takes about two hours a month. And uh, so uh, if you can do that, see Miss uh, Kate. She's got her hand raised there. Okay. Okay. Y'all want to meet in the fellowship hall? Okay. So a quick meeting if you're on that team already or if you're interested. Uh, about five minutes uh, it'll only take uh, just uh, for a little information in the fellowship hall after the service. Okay. Uh, and then also we are going to have a Super Bowl party. Uh, with I think the uh, it starts around five o'clock. So uh, we're going to have that here. Brother JT is going to hook us up where we can watch us uh, watch it on these TVs here. And uh, Brother Martin is going to be here to kind of get it started. I, uh, I forgot that I actually uh, had a prior commitment, but I will be here, but I'll be running late. But Brother Martin is going to be here to get everything started, and uh, we'll watch the game here all together. We'll have some food and just have a good time fellowshipping together. So if you've got no place to watch Super Bowl, come on, and uh, we'll have a good time here, okay? So that will be 5 o'clock on February the 13th, all right? All right, I think that is everything. So let's stand again, if you would. And uh, we're going to sing about praising the Lord. Amen.
be seated.
us as sinners. Lord, you loved us before we were born, knowing that you had a plan for us, God. Lord, we just thank you for your grace. We thank you for picking us up every time we fall. 
and just given us chance after chance, God. We just thank you for that unconditional love. And Lord, now I pray that you would be with the words that are shared with us this morning, Father, from your holy Bible, God, that we can apply them to our lives, that we can know you better, Lord, know you more intimately, Father, and that we can just love on you this morning, God, for who you are. We ask this in your name, Jesus, amen. Let's give the Lord one more clap offer this morning, amen. Yes, I forgot to announce that. Thank you for reminding me. Yes, Miss Pat Patterson, as many of you know, passed away, and they are having a visitation tonight at uh, in Rockwall, and so we're going to take the church van, and so uh, me and Miss Cindy, and I know Brother Richard, maybe. So if you want to go, just see uh, see me after we get done here. We're going to leave the parking lot at four o'clock, so we can be there by six o'clock. All right, and uh, we're going to go to the visitation and then come on back. Uh, so, yeah, if you are interested in that, just be here at 4 o'clock and come and tell me so we know not to leave anybody behind, all right? Uh, uh, the funeral is tomorrow at 11 a.m. if you'd prefer to go to that, but it is in Rockwall. So. Uh, so, anyway, all right, Children's Church. If you have children that would like to go to Children's Church, uh, give our Children's Church workers a big hand. They always work so hard for you. do a wonderful job those kids are going to have a good time and we're going to talk out here about blessing anybody here like to be blessed amen everybody wants to be blessed many times <laughs> what I find though is we all want God's blessings but sometimes we don't always want to do the things necessary to receive those blessings now, God freely gives his blessings, don't get me wrong. And sometimes God just chooses to bless you just because he, he's a loving father and he loves you and he, he just wants to bless you out of the goodness of his heart. Uh, but there are many things in the Bible that talk about that if you want to be blessed, then uh, if you want to have a blessed life, then you need to do things. One of those things is keeping his commandments. And one of those things is living for him and loving the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. And so uh, we're going to talk about today blessed to be a blessing, but you're not just blessed so that you can go through life and have a good life. You are blessed for a reason, and one of those reasons is you're blessed to be a blessing to others, all right? God gives you things so that you can turn around and you can use those things to bless others, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, uh, being a blessing. Now, I know many of you, I can already see the fear in your eyes. You already say, oh, Lord, this is, this is one of those giving sermons, isn't it? No, we're going to talk about that a little bit, obviously. Uh, but we're going to talk about just being a blessing with every single thing in your life. And I'm not one of those preachers. Uh, I tend to only preach on it just about once a year. Uh, but I don't apologize for preaching about money because guess what? Money's a big part of our lives. The stuff that God gives us, how we manage our money, and uh, how God wants us to handle the things that he blesses us with in life. Uh, that is a huge part of life. And so I don't apologize for that. I don't shy away from that. I'm going to tell you what the Word of God says. If you have a problem with it, you need to take it up with God, not me, because everything I'm going to give you today is in the Word of God. Amen. And so we're going to talk about just uh, blessing other people with 
And we're, you know, when we talk about, we, we use a word around here and it's a dirty word because again, people, you start talking about money, people get nervous. Uh, but there's a word called tithe. Anybody here ever heard of it? Uh, but you know, God calls us not just about tithe has way more to do with just money. In fact, in the Old Testament, it didn't have anything to do with money at all because they didn't, uh, they didn't operate. You, you work to live basically. And so it was bring 10% the first fruits of your crops. Uh, they didn't do it in money and in uh, dollar bills like we do today. It was you bring the 10% and uh, whatever you did. If you were a farmer, you brought the first fruits of your crops. If you were cattle, you brought the first fruit of your cattle, all right? So we're going to look at some things. Again, we're going to look at giving, but also uh, talking about time. How do you use your time? Do you, do you give of your time to God? Do you give of your resources? If God has blessed you uh, with a talent and a gift, do we turn around and do we use that for God or do we just use it for ourselves? Uh, you know, we can, we can be very selfish. Anybody in this room besides me selfish? Uh, we're all selfish if we all get right down to it, amen? And so God can give me things, and I can tend to be very selfish with them, all right? So uh, number one point is you are blessed to be a blessing, all right? I've got two scriptures. These are the two main scriptures today. Acts 20, 35 uh, says this, I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, the first indication I think that we get of this, uh, you know, up until you become a parent and you have children, let's face it, we live pretty selfish lives, don't we? Uh, up until I had kids, it was quite honestly, it was all about me. Now, then I met Julie, and then it kind of came up, became about her, uh, and that's good, amen. Uh, so th- your spouse is the first one. But I don't think we really understand that concept of unconditional love until you have children of your own. And then one day you have children of your own, and you realize, I would do anything for this child. I'll take a bullet for this child. I, will, I would give my life for this child. And I don't think we ever fully understand the love of God and, and the, how the father gave his son. You know, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And I don't think I fully comprehended that until the day that I had my first child born and I realized I would do anything. For, I would give my life for this child. And so it's a pretty amazing thing to understand that. And it's more blessed to give than to receive. You remember the first Christmas after you had kids? Christmas used to be there again. It used to be all about me. I I wanted to go see what I had under the tree. I wanted to see who brought me a present. And I wanted to get to it as quick as I could to see what stuff I had gotten. But then you have kids. And guess what? Christmas no longer becomes about you, does it? All of a sudden, Christmas becomes about those kids. And It's funny how it energizes you even more to watch their face light up and to watch the smile on their face and to watch the joy in their heart as they open those gifts. And then you understand this verse right here. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Amen. So having children teaches us a lot. It's a very challenging thing, but it does teach us a lot about the heart of Father God. Amen. All right. So a survey was given. Oh, I'm sorry. Another uh, scripture is 2 Corinthians 9. 13 and 14. It says, while through the proof of this ministry, they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with them and all men and by their prayer for you who long for you because of the exceeding grace of God in you. In other words, what that verse is saying is people will feel blessed by you 
when you give to them, all right? When you do something for other people, they will praise God for you being generous. If you've ever helped somebody that was in great need, they are usually very thankful, and they are praising God that God used you to help them meet their need, okay? So this is a wonderful thing because God chooses to use us. God doesn't have to use us to bless people, but it is our honor and our privilege when God says, Mark, I'm going to use you to bless this person. I'm going to let you get in on some of this joy. And God says, I'm going to use you to turn around and be a blessing to this person. All right? So it's a huge thing. Uh, a survey was given across America asking in the question, how much do Americans need to be happy? Wow. That's a loaded question, isn't it? Now, this mainly, they, they did it in a frame of mainly financial. Here's what they discovered. The people who made $20,000 a year said, you know what, if I had probably about 30, 35, if I had 30, 35, if I could make that, I'd probably be happy. Well, guess what? Then they went to the next level and they surveyed people who made $35,000 a year. Guess what they said? Well, I'll probably need about 45, 50. Yeah, if I made 45, 50, I'd probably be pretty happy, you know. Well, guess what? Then they went to the next level, and they asked the people who made 50000 a year, how much do you need to be happy? Well, you know, probably around 70, 75, you know, and then, I, you know, I think I could get it all done if I did 70, 75. And then they went to the next level. Many of you say, well, I wish I was at this level. Uh, those who made $75,000 a year said, you know what? If I made six figures, if I just made six figures, I believe everything could get done. The, and the, the proof of this survey is, it's never enough, is it? It's never enough. We think we don't have enough. We don't have enough. Can I tell you something, dear people? If you live in the United States of America, you have way more than enough. Amen? If you live here, you, you live among the most prosperous people of all the world. And you live and you are truly, truly blessed. It's not true that you don't have enough. Now, guess what? I've discovered this. Whatever I make, and I'm quite good at it, I can spend it. Whatever I make, I can spend it. You ever get that bit pretty good, maybe at some time in your life, you got that pretty good bump, that pretty good raise, and you thought, oh, oh, yeah, we got it now. You know, everything. And then about six months in, you go, where did that raise go? Where did that money go? Guess what? Whatever you make, no matter how much it gets bumped, you will find a way to spend it. Because we live in America. We're spoiled, quite honestly. We are spoiled. We have way more than enough, all right? Why do we think we don't have enough? Why, why do we think we don't have enough? Well, many times it's because we yearn to have more. And we're, you ever heard this terminology, keeping up with the Joneses? We're always, we're playing the comparison game. We think we don't have enough because we always find somebody who's got a little bit more than I've got. And so we, rather than being happy for what God's blessed us with, we yearn for what somebody else has. That's called, in the Bible, there's a term for it, it's called coveting. Amen? And the Bible says it's a sin. We are coveting what other people have, their stuff, their possessions, their house, their car. Um, let, me, let me take a little survey. How many of you ever been to a third world country? Um, I tell you, I did not get a concept of this until I went, and I, I've had the opportunity to go to several, but you go to a third world country and you see where, we, when we hear the word poor, we think one thing, 
But you go to a third world country and you see what poor really is. You see people living in, uh, uh, sometimes people living in nothing, living out on the street. Sometimes people living in a house that's made out of cardboard. You'll see all sorts of things. And it gives you, until you see that, you don't get an appreciation of how good we have it. You have to get outside of your little bubble to discover we are truly, truly blessed. We are among the most blessed people in the world. And so God has given us, we need to quit playing the comparison game. Uh, I didn't think I needed, uh, I didn't think I had that much. But when I got back from those third world countries, I realized just the little things, hot water, drinkable water, a way to get around, the ability to be able to know where my next meal. Now, you can look at me and you can tell I ain't missed many meals, amen? I know where my next meal's coming from, amen? But there are people who live in this world who do not know where they're, literally do not know where their next meal is coming from, all right? So we need to understand we have more than enough. Um, how many of you, let's just take a little poll here. How many of you would say, I've probably got enough food in my house to feed me for the next week? Probably everybody. If you don't, come see me. We can take care, we can help you there, all right? Uh, how many of you have more than one room in your house? Okay. Uh, how many of you have air conditioning in that house? Praise the Lord living in Texas. Amen. Um, how many of you um, have more than one car for your family? How many of you have more than one Bible in your house? Wow. There are many people who would, who would love to have these things who they live in an environment where they don't enjoy the blessings that, that we do, all right? So is there a responsibility that comes with being that prosperous? I believe there is. I believe God holds me and he holds you accountable. I believe the way we handle our money and handle our finances, it either honors God or it dishonors God. It's either I either handle my money in a selfish way or I handle my money in a way that honors God. Uh, I, handled my, I either handle my time in a way that honors God or a way that is selfish. I either I use my talents and my gifts and my abilities either in a way that honors God or in a way that's just for me. All right? So we're going to talk about all those things today. All right? The key word for generosity is this. Whenever you're talking about something God has blessed you with, round up. Now, I was always good at rounding down, you know. You ever go out to eat and it's time to figure that tip out? Well, you know, bless God, she was pretty good, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to round down. Okay? Rounding down, that's the selfish way to go. Amen? Uh, how many, anybody here ever been a waiter or a waitress? I'm here to tell you, uh, that's a hard job, and you deserve it, and take care, take care of your waiters and waitresses. You know, a sad thing is when you go to a restaurant and the waiters and the waitresses will tell you, we hate Sunday. You know why? Many times the Christians, they're the cheapest of the bunch. Don't want to give it up. Don't want to give it up. What if we turned our attitudes around and we just became exceedingly generous? What if we became exceedingly generous people? Could that turn around and be a blessing to other people? Yes, it could. Now, listen, I'd like to tell you that I'm always extremely and extravagantly generous, but I'd be lying to you, all right? I like me, and I can be selfish, too. But there have been times in my life, I'll tell you a little story. Uh, we had a car one time, and we had uh, had a little fender bender, and it was an older car, and it had dented the door in. 
and uh, the car was, you know, older, so to the point where they just totaled it. It didn't, it wasn't going to be worth uh, to fix it. It was going to be more than the car was worth. And so uh, I went to a, a junkyard, and they had a, a car. It was a Toyota Camry, and they had a door to match it. So I just had put a mismatching door on there, and I thought, hey, it drives fine. And, uh, you know, they totaled the car, but you have the option. I just kept it and was driving around with this mismatched door. And I was, I was kind of feeling sorry for myself. Poor Mark Trammell driving around with that Toyota Camry with that mismatched door. That door don't even match. It's a different color. And I was feeling real sorry for myself. And uh, I pulled into the church I was working at at the time and parked and went in. And there was this young lady in there. And she was a single mom, two kids, had two jobs. And God arranged all this, I'm convinced. And she was there and she was saying, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, I don't have any way to get to my job to take care of these these kids, I'm trying to feed my kids. I'm a single mom, and I don't have any transportation. I don't have any way to get to my job. And you know how God does, and God just kind of tapped me on the shoulder. You know that car you're so ashamed of out there in that parking lot? This woman would love to have that car. And literally, at that point, the car was kind of free because, again, they had, they had totaled the car, and I had just put another door on it was driving around. And God told me, and I was, I won't tell you I was with, I was, me and God were agreeing at the same time uh, at the beginning. And God told me, Mark, you need to give this lady that car. That, that lady needs that car worse than you need it. And so long story short, we ended up giving her that car. She was able to get to her job. Now, I don't say that to pat me on the back. I'm just saying that's how God works sometimes. God arranges and blesses you so that you can turn around and be a blessing to somebody else. And I want to tell you, when I gave that car to that woman, it was worth more amount of money than any money you could have given me to see the, her being blessed and her saying, now I've got a way to go to work and to feed my kids. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen. So it's a wonderful thing uh, to give rather than to re receive. All right. So round up. Be generous. Say this with me. God is your provider. God is your provider. You are blessed. To be a blessing. It's all God's anyway, right? The Bible has a verse and it says this, that every good and perfect gift is from the Father above. Amen? So in reality, it's not yours anyway. It's really all God's on loan to us until the day we die. And so why not? If it, that changes your attitude completely. When you realize it's not mine, it's God's and he's just loaning it to me, all of a sudden it takes all the pressure off. Because you say, it's not even mine anyway. It's all God's for me to just manage and use. And so it's an amazing, amazing thing. All right, here's some things that people make mistakes. Big blessing mistakes, all right? Uh, some, can't read my own writing. Some ignore God's blessings. Some people ignore God's blessings. Now, this would be the group that again says, well, yeah, I, I got some stuff, but hey, listen, I barely get by. I can't go around helping other people. I can't give to the church. I can't give to help somebody else. I can't help somebody else pay a bill that they're struggling to pay. I barely make it myself. And so, yeah, I've got enough, but I don't, you know, uh, I, I, and some people don't even admit that, God, that it's God's. They think, I worked for that. You ever get a selfish attitude like that? Maybe at work, 
You know, they didn't give you the raise you were looking for. And you said, bless God, that's my money. I work hard for that money. And I deserve to be compensated. And somebody may say, well, you know, God, God blessed you with that job. No, no, I, that, that's because I got talent. And I went and I worked hard and I got that job. That's a dangerous attitude. When we begin to have the attitude that, well, that's because of me, and you leave God out of the mix, that's a dangerous place to be. Don't you ignore God's blessings. Every good thing you have in your life is from the Father. Amen? And it's only because he allowed you to do it. Ask some people who have been rich one day and then lost it the next day. The Bible says that the Lord giveth and the Lord can taketh away. And guess what? As easily as he blessed you with that, it can all be gone tomorrow. Think back to the, the big crash of 2007, 2008. Many people lost their life savings. Many people lost their entire retirement in one day, quickly, all right? So don't get a big head and think, well, that's all because I'm smart and I'm a hard worker and I do all that. That all may be true, but guess what? It still takes a lot of blessing, all right? And everything you have is from God, so don't ignore God's blessing. Number two, some people apologize for God's blessings. Listen, if God has blessed you, I'm, I'm a firm believer that God blesses some people with just a, a great ability to make money. You ever known somebody just kind of had that golden touch? It seemed like everything they touched or everything they tried, it just made money. And that's a, that's a real blessing. I don't have that. Uh, I'll just be honest with you. Uh, but, uh, man, there's some people that just seem like that. And I believe that God blesses some people with that ability because those people are, are able to be generous and be extravagant. And many times people like that are very generous with their money. My dad was very good. He started his own business, and it took a while, but he built that business up. And he and my mom were able later in their life to be very generous. And I believe God gave them the ability to make that money to be able to be generous and, and bless other people with it. All right? So, but some people don't see that. Some people want to apologize. You may say, you know, somebody comes to your house and says, boy, you sure do live in a nice house. And we say, well, you know, hey, wait a minute now. Let me explain to you. We always want to explain. Well, you know, I got a really good deal in it. Or that's not really, you know, it's not really because uh, I got a lot of money. Don't, I don't want you to think I got a lot of money. Uh, you know, you drive a really nice car. Well, you know, I got a really good deal on it. We tend to want to apologize for God's blessings. What's wrong with just saying, that's all God, brother? Amen. Thank you. I do have a nice house. Thank you. I do drive a nice car, but that's all God. God blessed me with that. I don't deserve it. I, you know, I didn't really do anything to deserve it, but God has blessed me with that. Sometimes it's okay to just brag on God that he's blessed you with something. Amen. Uh, maybe you do have a nice house. Maybe you do drive a nice car and that's okay. Amen. It is not a sin to make money. One of the most misquoted verses in the Bible is the, the verse that talks about that the, uh, the, you know, uh, the love of money is the root of all evil. That's not what it says. It says it's not that money is evil. It's the love of money or literally the worship of money. All right. It's when money and stuff takes priority over God. All right. But it doesn't say it's wrong to have money. It doesn't say it's wrong. Many people, again, like I say, are blessed by God to be able to be generous and go above and beyond. I've told you the story of R.G. 
Letourneau right over here in Longview. R.G. Letourneau, who the school is named after and the factory is named after. He started off, he got saved later in life, and he began to tithe 10%. And God was just blessing his business. And he said, you know what, God, you keep blessing me. I'm going to try giving 20% and see if I can outgive you. And he gave 20% away. And then God just kept blessing, kept blessing. His business just exploded. Then 30, 40, 50. By the end of R.G. Letourneau's life, he was living off of 10% and giving away 90%. That's, you can't outgive God. In fact, God says, it's the only time God says you can test him. He says, test, try me, test me, and see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. You cannot outgive God with your time, your money, your talent, or your resources. Amen? Amen. All right. So, uh, and then the last one is some people hoard God's blessings. They hoard God's blessings. If God gave it to you, don't hoard it don't put it away have you ever seen that tv show hoarders it's scary all right but that's what people do sometimes what do they what does hoarding mean it means they're stacking everything up in their house and like they can't throw anything away and they've got to keep it all and i'm here to tell you listen don't hoard what god has given you god gives you stuff and i'm i'm convinced god gives you most stuff to just give it away and learn to be blessing somebody else um, many times what we find is, uh, you know, when you move, you discover just how much junk you have, don't you? And all of a sudden, you see a real need for a garage sale. Or you see a real need to just start giving stuff away. Uh, you know, many of you know my mom just passed away. We did an estate sale, and we sold a lot of it. But my mom, she was not, she was just shy of a hoarder. Uh, but she, she did love stuff, amen, and she had lots of knickknacks, and, uh, but she knew where everything was, it, you know, but she, she had a lot of stuff, and we ended up just taking tons of it down. Brother Gary helped me take tons. Of, we took three trailer loads of stuff down to Hangers of Hope, uh, just gave it to them, gave it away, clothes and many things, and those people were so, um, just so blessed. They said, we'll, somebody will really enjoy all this. You know, one man's a tre one man's junk is another man's treasure. Amen. And so guess what? God has given you a lot of stuff sometimes to be able to just turn around and bless somebody else with it, okay? Um, God must say many times, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? I've given you all this. I've blessed you with all this. Do you think it's all for you? Do you think it's all for you? Many times, you know, uh, people have, they work all their lives and they accumulate lots of money. And they say, you know, this is all, and they, but they don't ever go on vacation. They don't ever do anything for themselves. They just work, work, work. And they say, well, it's all for my kids. Well, guess what? I know some of your kids, amen? And your kids are just going to blow it anyway, amen? Uh, many times, but I, here's what I've seen people do, and I think this makes a lot more sense. Uh, people get up later in life and they say, you know what? I want to give my children this money now. Because I want to be alive, I want to be able to see the blessing that it does in their life. And I want to be able uh, to, to see them enjoy it, all right? Uh, listen, you know, God didn't give us the ability to make money to just hoard money. God didn't give us the ability and the talents and the gifts and the abilities he's given us to just hoard them, all right? God has given you a talent. Uh, you know, Brother Chris, playing the guitar and the bass, you saw him this morning playing bass this morning, guitar over here, just first of all. God didn't give him that talent to just use for, their, for himself. He gave him that talent and that ability to use for the Lord. Amen. And thank you, Brother Chris, for using that talent and that gift. Amen. Uh, amen. Yeah. Same thing. Anything in our lives 
God didn't give it to you to hold it to yourself and to hold it to your chest and say, this is mine. This is mine. And God, I'm sorry. This is mine. You can't have it. And whether that be money, talent, whatever it is, many of us, we want to hold on tight. And we'll say, well, God, this is mine. I'm sorry. You can't. You can't have this. Uh, you have a lot of other things in my life, but you can't have this. All right. Uh, all right. So let's, uh, so let's talk specifically, because I know you were waiting on this. Let's talk about uh, tithing. I know you were waiting on this part. You couldn't hardly wait till we got there. All right. Tithing is not giving. That's a, a common mistake. Uh, tithing is not giving. Leviticus 27:30 says, and all the tithe of the land, whether the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree is the Lord's. Did I just read that right? All the tithe of the land, whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. You see, the misconception is that tithing is giving. Tithing is not giving. The tithe comes from the Hebrew word maser, which means 10%. This is basically Leviticus is saying the original law set up said that that 10% doesn't even belong to you. It is already the Lord's. It's the Lord's. It belongs to the Lord. When you tithe, you're just giving the Lord what is already his, all right, according to that law, all right? So I've got uh, three scriptures, and I'll tell you why the third one in a minute. Next one is Malachi 3.8. Malachi 3.8 says this, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, In what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. Now, again, if you've got a problem with that, don't take it out with me. That's God's word. Amen? Now, the big conception on this is, is that, well, you know, tithing doesn't apply anymore uh, because that's old law. That's, uh, that's Old Testament. And uh, I would agree with that to a certain point. God has really called us once he showed up and he gave his grace to us, then we are really to be more generous beyond the tithe. The tithe is the beginning. But just to show you that the tithe is mentioned in the New Testament, I threw a New Testament in there too. Luke eleven forty two. 42. Uh, if you want to disagree with this guy, this is coming out of the mouth of Jesus. Okay? It says, but woe to you Pharisees. He's talking to the Pharisees, the religious leaders. He says, for you tithe mint and rue and all manner of herbs, and you pass by justice and the love of God. And then he, in referring to the tithe, he says, these you ought to have done. So this is Jesus. After Old Testament, he is saying, these you ought to have done uh, without leaving the others undone. And then Jesus later said, you know, I didn't come to do away with the law. I came to fulfill the law. So in the same way that you, but just because Jesus came and spilled his blood, you don't ignore the Ten Commandments. They are still applicable. Uh, in, in other words, so, but here's what happens. Once Jesus came and said, guess what? You're free from the law. But now it's like we need to be generous givers above and beyond the tithe. So quite honestly, what I'm telling you is the tithing is not giving. It's the tithe is what already belongs to the Lord. You're really not giving the Lord anything until you go above and beyond the tithe, until you're more generous beyond the tithe. All right. So God is calling us in, in the new covenant and under his blood and his grace and his mercy to be even more extravagant and be more of a generous giver. And he set the example by giving the father, giving his son, and his son giving the very most precious thing he could give, his own life. And Jesus came and he spilled his blood and he gave it all for you and for me. Amen? Amen. Now, why can we not be generous and give to God and give back to God and be cheerful givers knowing that he paid the ultimate price and he did it all for you. 
I can't write a check and I can't give a certain amount and Jesus pays it with his entire body and his blood and his life? That doesn't seem fair, does it? Listen, Jesus Christ paid it all for you and for me. But God has called us to be an example just like him, to give of everything. That's why the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your soul, all your heart, all your mind, all your body. And let me add another one, all your resources. Amen. 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 That's, that's simply what God has called us to do. Pour out our lives to him. Be generous. All right. So let me, uh, let me finish it off with this. Blessed to be a blessing. I'm going to give you three things. And they all have a scripture with them. Number one, we are blessed to give joyfully. I just made reference to it. God's called you not just to be a giver. He's called you to give joyfully. If you give like this, I'm going to put it in the offering plate. And God has to literally rip it out of your hand. That's not a joyful giver. That's not a cheerful giver. God has said, when I talk about giving, now see many of you, when I said today, I'm going to talk about giving, maybe you thought, oh, oh, Lord. Why didn't I stay home today? When the Bible says we should have been, you should have been going, whoa, oh, giving. All right, Brother Mark's, Brother Mark's going to talk on giving today. Praise the Lord. I love giving sermons. Amen. That's, we need to be cheerful about this is what God says. This is what we can do. We can be a part of blessing other people. We can be a part of furthering the ministry of this church. We can be a part of ministering, uh, furthering a ministry uh, outside of this church. Maybe many of you I know uh, not only give to this church, but you also give to ministries outside of this church. And you give to other uh, organizations and ministries that help people. That's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Amen. God has called us to go above and beyond and above and beyond. Can I tell you this? I'll just give you this short little testimony. Uh, and Brother Mike taught me this. Because I didn't get tithing until uh, I was, until right before we got married. And Brother Mike was the one who kind of just, he said he, you know, he talked about the Malachi. He talked about how we, uh, we become selfish with our money. And uh, I went to Brother Mike and I said, Brother Mike, you know, we're newlyweds. We're newly married and we're barely paying our bills. And, uh, man, I don't know. It just doesn't seem to work out on paper. You ever said that? Lord, I'd love to tithe, but it just don't work out on paper. And Brother Mike to me said, son, you know how Brother Mike talked, son, it ain't never going to work out on paper. If it works out on paper, there's no faith to it. He said, number one, you're writing it as the last check. I was writing, I was paying all the other bills and, and telling God, I was literally giving God the leftovers. And I would tell God, Lord, we're going to pay all of our bills and whatever's left over you get. And I know that broke the heart of God. I didn't realize I was breaking the heart of God. And Brother Mike showed me, he said, it's called first fruit, son. It needs to be not the last check. God don't get the leftovers. He gets the, the cream of the crop and it's first fruits. Let it be the first check you're at and then you'll be amazed at how God will provide for all the rest. And by golly, I hated it, but Brother Mike was right. Amen. He had that one pegged. Amen. All right. Uh, 1 Corinthians 9, 6 and 7 on jo giving joyfully says this. Uh, 6 and 7, yeah, it says, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. You know, you may say to me, Brother Mark, why, you know, why did... God do it this way. 
listen, God is a master mathematician. He could have done it. He could have set a certain amount, but that wouldn't have really been fair to everybody because everybody in this room makes a different amount of money. You know, we just gave out the giving statements for 2021, and you might say, well, how do I know if I was tithing? God made it real simple. You can take that giving statement, look at the total amount you gave for 2021, add a zero to it, and that should be the amount that you're, you're making every year. If it's not, you're under or you're above. It's real simple. 10% makes it extremely easy. You move a decimal, you add a zero, you take a zero away. It's the simplest, even a, even a Mark Trammell can do it, amen, because uh, I ain't good at math. But I'm here to tell you, God just made it simple, and he made it completely fair in that whether you make $100 a week or whether you make $1,000 a week, that's not the issue. The issue is obedience. Are you being obedient with whatever God is blessing you with? All right? All right, number two. Uh, oh, and let me say this on giving joyfully. The difference between a mature Christian and an immature Christian, here's the difference. Immature people only want to receive. Little kids. You remember? We, let me go back to that Christmas scenario. When you were a little kid, did you care what your brother or sister got for Christmas? No. It was all about you. And that's you as a child. But many people as Christians, we never grow up. And it becomes still that same selfish attitude. It's I just want to receive. I don't care about giving to other people. I just want to receive. An immature person says all I want to do is get, get, get. And they never mature to the point of realizing it's more blessed to give than to receive. All right? Um, all right, number two, we are blessed to give extravagantly. Scripture on this one is Mark 14, 3 through 5. It says, And being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, many of you will know this story. As he sat at the table, a woman came having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard. Then she broke the flask and she poured it on his head. But there were some who were indignant among themselves. And they said, Why was this fragrant oil wasted? For it might have been sold for more than 300 denarii, and given to the poor, and they criticized her sharply. Now, many of you know this story. This woman came, and she broke a very expensive bottle of perfume, and she poured it over the head of Jesus. And many of even uh, Jesus' own disciples got very indignant because this was very expensive. Now, let me, let me add another little element to the story. Most biblical scholars believe this woman was probably a prostitute who had been saved. And Jesus had come and he had changed her life. Uh, And one of the ways that prostitutes would uh, advertise themselves, nobody else wore perfume really. And so they would buy these expensive perfumes and you would literally smell where they were. All right. And that was kind of how they advertised. All right. And many of them, many of these, uh, because most people didn't have perfume, it could be very expensive. And in fact, this one says this one was worth a year's wages. Wow. Think about what you make in a year and if you would buy a perfume that costs that much. And so this woman comes, number one, they're indignant because of who she is. And they say, oh, look at this dirty, rotten sinner, you know. And then she comes and very humbly and very meekly she breaks it and she bows herself to Jesus and she anoints him with oil. And they get indignant about, well, look, all this money could have been used. And Jesus corrects him and says, I'm not going to always be with you. And she has done this out of her love for me. Amen. She was showing her devotion. She was showing and how much it meant to her by giving of all she had, the most expensive thing she had, and it was worth a lot. And she poured it out on Jesus. All right. So um, 
Sometimes you give extravagantly above and beyond because that's why God gave to us. That's the way God gave to us, isn't it? Again, he gave extravagantly. He died on a cross extravagantly for you and me. And number three, the last thing is this. We are blessed to give sacrificially. Now, I told you a little story about Brother Mike telling me if it works out on paper, uh, then it's not faith. It, I would say this. A lot of people say, well, you know, Brother Mark, I could, I could give more. I could be more generous, but it would hurt me. It would, uh, it would hurt me. I would feel it. And uh, I might not, you know, be able to drive as nice a car or I might not be able to live in as nice a house. And listen, sometimes I say this, you're, if it doesn't hurt a little bit, at least a little bit, you're really not giving sacrificially. What did it cost Jesus to pay for your sins and my sins? It cost him everything. Pain, suffering, it cost him everything. So I believe when God calls us to give, it, it should hurt a little bit, all right? It should hurt a little bit. I had a, we had a friend who's since gone on to heaven, and uh, she would tell my wife, she would say, I just can't do that tithing thing. It's, that's a car payment. Do you realize that, Julie? And she was like, yeah, yeah, it, it, I know. But guess what? You'll receive more blessing than you'll ever know. And she just could not seem to get it. And then one day, she came back to my wife and she said, I can't believe it, but you were right. You were right. And it's like I don't even miss it, and I thought it would hurt, but instead of hurting, it feels good. It feels good to know that I'm, I'm giving to the Lord, and I'm being obedient to the Lord. And it's worth more, more, car, more than a car payment. It's worth more than anything, that goodness, all right? Uh, two scriptures for giving sacrificially. Mark 12, 42, sorry, 43 and 44. So he called his disciples to himself, and he said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. For they all put in out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. Now, most of us know this story. You remember the widow with the two mites came, and she puts it in the offering. And everybody else around says, well, she didn't give much. But Jesus knew her heart, and he said, she has given more than any of you because it's all she has. She went all in, all right? All in. The widow was all in. She cashed in all of her savings. It would be comparable to you and I going home and saying, you know what? I believe the Lord is calling me to go all in. I'm going to go cash in my 401K. I'm going to go empty my savings, and I'm going to give it all to the Lord. And you say, well, but that woman was poor. It doesn't matter. you got to remember, she was giving away her next meal. She was giving away knowing what was going to be able to take care of her for the next day. And she didn't know how she was going to be able to live the next day. So you may say, well, that's a little, that's a little much on that uh, example, brother. No, it's not. It was literally all she has. It would literally be like us going home, cashing in all we have, and saying, Lord, I'm giving it to you. That's a pretty major sacrifice, isn't it? To say, I'm giving you everything to where I don't even know what I'm going to eat tomorrow because I won't have anything left. That's how that widow gave. And uh, he said, you all gave out of your abundance, but she gave out of poverty that didn't have anything in to begin with, and now she's given everything she had. All right. Um, Julie, you can go ahead and come. Are you generous with your time? Are you generous with your money? Are you generous with your resources? Are you generous with your talents? Now, look at me. 
Everybody look at me. Because I tell you, I only preach on this about once a year because I know you start talking about money, people get real funny. Brother Mark, Brother Mark, you can get in every area of my life, but just don't get in my pocketbook. All right? But I'm here to tell you, again, I don't apologize for it. I don't shy away from it. This is how God takes care of his ministry. This is how God takes care of the local church. This is how God takes care of all those ministries out there that go on. This is how uh, orphanages and children's homes uh, make it. This is how uh, evangelists make it, uh, whatever the ministry may be. Maybe you'd say even outside of the Christian realm, United Way, all of those things. This is how they make it on the generosity of people. And God didn't give it to us to hoard it and not be generous and turn around and pay it. The term we use today is this. You heard this terminology, pay it forward. God didn't give it to us to not pay it forward. God gave it to us to pay it forward. You're not going to take it with you. I know we've all heard this. There, you know, there's not a U-Haul following a hearse. You don't take it with you. God has given it to you to manage and use wisely and for his glory while you're here on earth. Because one day you'll die and naked we came, naked we go. You don't take any of it with you. All right? And guess what? In the end, nobody will even care. One day you and I will be gone. Nobody will care how much I made per year. Nobody will care how big a house I lived in. Nobody will care what kind of car I drove. These folks that have gone on to heaven, what is said at their memorial services? It's what kind of person were they? How did they have, how did their life influence your life? At the end of the day, that's the only thing that matters. Amen. Bow your head and close your eyes with me. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you've never given your heart and your life to Jesus Christ. Or maybe you would say, Brother Mark, I... I've given, I've been saved. I gave my life to Christ a long time ago, but I, I haven't been living for him. Well, guess what? The Lord is always waiting with his arms wide open. He's waiting on you to come to him. If that's you today, either for the first time or as a prayer of recommitment, just pray this prayer in your heart and your mind and your soul. Just say, dear Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. And I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And Lord, I know there's only one thing you seek for me, and that's, that's my life. So right now, I ask you, Lord, to come into my heart, to forgive me of my sins, and to save me. Now, every head bowed, every eye still closed. I would never want to embarrass you, but I would love to pray for you. If you prayed that prayer today for the first time, uh, or as a, a prayer of recommitment, would you just lift up a hand so I can know to pray for you? Thank you. Thank you anyone else we're going to have a time of uh, invitation and the altar will be open you can come and pray if you need somebody to pray with you brother martin will be up here on that side i'll be on this side but if you raised your hand just now i would love it if you would come and just share with me that brother mark i prayed that prayer would you pray for me i would love and be honored to do that father have your will in your way during this time and let us do business with you father in jesus name amen let's all stand uh, the altar's open. If you need to come, if you need to join the church, if you need to come and pray, whatever you need to do, you come as we sing.
sing that first verse again. you know, uh, again, that's, that's a hard sermon to preach, uh, but I'm here to tell you again, don't apologize. If anything that was said today upsets you, a lot of times it upsets us because we know we're not doing what we should do, um, you know, uh, just sharing with you what, what God has said in his word. Uh, I believe this. I believe most people want to be more generous. I believe most people have a desire in their heart to be more generous and to give more. But I'm here to tell you until you until we get our financial house in order or we get our talents and our gifts and our stuff in order and and uh, handle them uh, in a way that honors God, we'll never be able to do that. So I want to encourage you. Uh, maybe you've never started. You say, many of us, we put ourselves in a hole that we're not able to be more generous. And I want to encourage you, find a way to, uh, to honor God with your finances and do those things. There's a ton of resources out there but uh, I love you and uh, that that sermon was preached out of a heart of love uh, not because brother Mark wants to get in your pocketbook it was preached out of a you can't outgive God you can't outbless God and I simply want you to be blessed and we could take time to do testimonies all in this room right now and they would it wouldn't just be my testimony it would be many testimonies that you can't outgive God God blesses you beyond measure when you're obedient to him and so I uh, just wanted to share that with you. I know that was a, a tough one. Come back next Sunday. I won't preach on giving her money. I promise. Amen. That that was my that, do what? Uh, yes, giving statements on that uh, on that note for 2021 are back there. If you've not picked yours up yet, the giving statements for 2021 are on the table back there. Got? Say again. Cleaning meeting five minutes. Anything else, boss? Nope, that's it. All right. Uh, also, if you want to go to Miss Pat Patterson's deal, 4 o'clock right here, the uh, van will leave at 4 o'clock. All right. God bless you. You're dismissed. <laughs>